You're listening to a Tudor and Stuart Ireland conference podcast. The sixth annual Tudor and Stuart Ireland interdisciplinary conference took place at NUI Galway in August 2016. The conference was generously supported by an NUI Galway President's Award for Research Excellence to Professor Stephen Ellis, the Moore Institute at NUI Galway, the Discipline of History at NUI Galway, and the Society for Renaissance Studies. As in previous years, the majority of papers were recorded for podcasting by Real Smart Media, in association with UCD's History Hub. There are now more than 140 podcasts from previous Tudor and Stuart Ireland conferences freely available. To access this archive, go to historyhub.ie forward slash podcasts or visit tudorstuartireland.com. In this episode, a recording of a paper by Professor Caroline Newcomb from Southwestern University. Her paper was entitled How Early Irish Marital Property Law Influenced the End of Brehan Law. The theme of my talk uh, involves the subject matter of the elimination of ancient Irish law by the Tudors. This was done through, through, through two cases. One is the case of Tanistry, and the other is the case of Gavelkind. The case of Tanistry is more famous. I will be discussing the case of Gavelkind. Both cases were brought by Sir John Davies, who at the time was one was first the Solicitor General of Ireland and secondly the Attorney General of Ireland. His focus, he believed that Ireland could not be controlled unless Brehan law was eliminated and, and English common law was substituted. This is, and as a result, he brought both these cases. I won't talk about Tanistry, as I said, I'm going to talk about Gavelkind. The case of Gavelkind, which was re- which you have a copy of, by the way, and Sir John Davies not only brought the case, but he's the reporter. If you notice, it says it was translated by Sir John Davies. This is because, unlike ancient Irish law, which was law from below, was native, written in ancient Irish, English law at that time was Norman law. And this case was original, all the cases were written in Norman French, which drove a lot of the English crazy. Sir John Davies translated into English. Now, this case had three holdings. Um, Holding number one was that Brehan Law was not law at all. He, He declared Brehan Law not law at all. It was a mere custom even though it had existed in Ireland for over a 1,000 years. That's holding number one. Brehan law was not law at all. If there's no law, we have to replace it. So what do we replace it by? English common law. So holding number two, English common law was after, after, as a result of this decision, was to be the only law in Ireland. Holding number three, illegitimate children could not inherit property in Ireland. Holding number four, women, which for a thousand years in Ireland had been able to hold separate property, even though they got married. Remember, under a common law system, the two became one. This never happened in, in, under Brehan law. Now, what's the result of this? By, by the way, I should give you my background here. I teach a marital property system in California called community property. It comes from Spain. It's a civil law system, and it's much older than the common law. 
We have it in California. It's in Texas, and the French brought it to Louisiana. It's dramatically different from common law. And this is why I'm, I'm linking up uh, community property with the end of brand law, because it, by replacing it with common law, it eliminated the essentially community property rights of married women. It, it did other things too, but this is what I'm going to focus on. Now, um, so to understand this, uh, this, the significance of these cases, you have to look at the bigger picture. In other words, there's a, there's a larger story involved. And the, the larger story, first of all, is the restructuring of the property rights. Who owns property in England? Sir John Davies wanted control. They, and the only way he could do that, first of all, none of these cases would have been decided without the military defeat of the Irish because the, the uh, English had declared Brehan Law legal a long time ago, but they could never enforce it. Before the defeat at Kinsale, there were three systems of law in Ireland. There was English common law, which was used in the Pale. There was Brehan Law, which was used outside the Pale. And there was a system of canon law, um, which was written in Latin and developed, obviously, by monks and abbots. Um, Ancient Irish law, early Irish law, was written in uh, early Irish, and English law was, of course, written in, in uh, canon law. At any rate, um, let's let's look at the let's look beyond the, uh, the, the the bigger picture here. Remember, the big picture. What he really wanted was to reconstruct the property rights of England, uh, reconstruct the property rights of Irish people, so England could control them more. And if you look at the case, it denies the illegitimate, that illegitimate people could, uh, could own land. That's on page 137. It's on the side. But let me uh, – This the main thing that I think is important, look at it here on page – it's the last page of the case, 138. And it even has a little um, margin note here. And what does he say here? Look at what he says. He says, the custom of sole property and wives adjudged unlawful. With one fell swoop, he's eliminated the essence of the civil law system of marital property ownership. Now, to understand um, why the, the civil law system here, first of all, Community property, as I said before, is a civil law system. What distinguishes civil law from common law? One of the main distinctions, first of all, is that the reason a married woman could continue to own separate property is that under a civil law system, her legal personhood was not submerged into that of her husband. Under common law, the two became one under traditional common law, and he was the one. It was submerged. Women couldn't contract. They were the husband had to contract for them. So that's that's a separate and, and her property became his property. All right? So that's number one. Number two, under a civil law system of community property, and this is huge. Civil law system of community property is law from below. It wasn't law from above, it was law from below. Now why do I have sheep here? And this. Because of a very, I want to illustrate a very, a second very important legal 
aspect of the community property system, which existed in Brehan Law. Now, Brehan Law was not a strict community property system. I, I don't want to say that. But it had two very significant community property characteristics. Remember, community property is older than, than, um, than common law. It was brought by the Visigoth, but we'll go into that later. But the point is, number one, the wife could own separate property despite the fact she was married. The, the second reason, and this is huge, is that a woman who entered marriage property-less could, if she got divorced, could own property that her labor created. Now, in Ireland, we're looking at a system where we had a lot of sheep. And one of the ways that people earn money is say, the husband owned the sheep. Here they are, right? But it was the wife that took the fleece, made it into this, made this into yarn, spun it, made sweaters. Now what's that called? The husband owned the sheep. The sheep are capital, okay? What is, what is all this work? What's that called? Labor. Under a community property system, the non-property owning spouse's labor at divorce, if such a thing occurs, entitles her to a portion of what her labor produced. And this is provided for very specifically in ancient Irish law. In it, there, the other, the other uh, type of uh, economic activity in ancient Ireland was dairy farming. The husband might own the cows, but it was the wife that milked them and made cheese and sold things and made all these products. These are both labor, very labor-intensive economic organizations. Now, let's compare that. Let's um, suspend, in order to understand the significance of this, let's compare what happened, and this is in, in uh, two of the large Europe's I wrote. There was a case in Illinois. The Illinois, unlike California, is a, was a traditional common law state, straight from England, okay? In a traditional common law state, title is everything. So what do you have? You have this case in Illinois brought in 1974, not 1794. The woman is, is a farmer's wife. She works seven days a week. She cans, she helps pick the crops, she feeds the workers that, that her husband has to hire to pick the crops. This is a lot of work. After 25 years of marriage, she's, she's done a lot of canning, she's fed a lot of farm hands. She gets a divorce, or he divorces her. What does she get? She gets the clothes on her back. As the court says, quote, title was in the husband's name alone, end of quote. In Mississippi, similar situation. The, um, the uh, uh, wife's attorney argues, said, hey, you know, she's, she's worked for 30 years on this farm. You know, you get a little something else. The judge knows exactly what the uh, attorney's getting at. He says, hey, we're not a community property state. We're not bringing that system in here. Forget about it. Close on your back, off you go, okay? Picture, so let's look at, I gave you part of a, of a law review article here. Um, one of them is uh, uh, the, uh, look at page, uh, 
30 with separate property and a woman's labor. Wife can obtain property from her labor. This is on page 47 of the Cardoza Law Review article. And in this, I talk about how a wife can obtain an interest in property through her labor. This is from the, uh, this is from the uh, Brehan legal tract called the Cain. I, cannot, I don't speak Irish and I can't pronounce it, but it's Cain Lanamont. I'm sure somebody can help me pronounce it. There's a legal tract, ancient Irish law. This isn't some, something that runs around by word of mouth. This was a very sophisticated legal tract called the Cain Lamina, and it's very sophisticated. Listen to what it says. I mean, this is, this is amazing. At divorce, um, she said that if, the portion is here, if she has a dairy property, Professor Wright, assumption here is the husband has done most of the work caring for the sheep, but the wife is responsible for working up to his finished material. A woman was a skilled worker. She has ownership rights in the finished product. Um, look, at page, uh, look at page 48, footnote 111. This is from a direct translation of, all right, let me back up for you, those of you who want to look this up. Some of the greatest Celtic scholars on ancient Irish law were German, Ternason. Um, he wrote, he translated the Cain Lanama, which is the Irish marital code. It's called the law of couples, but it involved the rights of, of husband and wife. And this is a professor at UCLA, he's, one of the, he's German and one of the finest professors in the world of German. This is his translation. This is page 111, I mean, this is footnote 111, page 48. Look at this. Look what she gets. It's a very detailed method of property distribution under Irish law. The milk and the milk products is divided into three parts among the land, the cattle, which are the cows, and the caretaking. The caretaking belongs to the wife who takes care of them. Um, and the, the person that brought the, the, the milking machine, not milking machines, milking pails, it's usually the wife. That gets another third, and the other two-thirds belong to the husband. And here we have, um, look at footnote 106 on the same page, 48. Labor-intensive products such as wool were divided according to how much processing had, had been accomplished. Listen to this. The more labor the woman had invested in the work, the more she took away with her. Do you see the significance of it? This was eliminated by the case of Gavilkine. Now, what else was eliminated was civil law and um, in Ireland. John Davies knew exactly what Brehan Law was. One of the, without going into the a long discussion about civil law versus common law. One of the one of the characteristics of civil law is that it's written in tracts, and then it's written by law professors, which we had over at the Burren there, in the long before St. Patrick came, and it's uh, glossed by later professors, and that's how it. You can see the larger. Um, this is the original, we'll say, tract, and then it's glossed. That's how it changes. Common law, on the other hand, is arrived at and developed through case law. 
It's case-by-case decisions of judges, and each case becomes a precedent. This is not civil law. Precedent. That's what John Davies did with this case that you have in your hand. He wanted this case became precedent for all of Ireland. And this precedent said, once again, number one, Brehan law isn't, isn't law at all. Precedent number two, the common law has replaced it. Precedent number three, just so we make real sure who owns property in Ireland, we are eliminating a woman's right to own separate property and with it all of Brehan law, which includes the the property-less woman who enters marriage but works like heck for 30 years on a farm or in particularly in a in in, in a farming economy to get uh, money. So that that is um, dramatically different. And of course, okay. And of course, um, what was the reason of this? This is, and, and as a larger picture of this, is um, the fact that um, Sir John Davies wanted to consolidate, as I said before, the, uh, contr- the English control of Ireland. And this is a form of raw legal imperialism. What that means is you have a native system of law which is very sophisticated and written. It was written in the 7th century. But it was in existence long before that, and um, you replace it by a, an outside system of law. Now, there's one thing before I leave here. Um, how did this happen? How in the world does California and ancient Ireland, why do they have this similar system of law? They're, they're, no one's sure, but there are three theories. One is the Visigoths were in Spain, and the Visigoths, um, they work side by side. That, that's that's one. The Visigoths ran. I have a female Visigoth, but anyway, <laughs> the Visigoths wrote a code when they came to Spain. The Visigothic code. It contained community property in it. It traveled to, to it, Spain. Spain brought it to California. There was a lot of trade between. Uh, the other reason is uh, that there was a lot of trade between Spain. And Ireland, in fact, particularly in Galway, there uh, one scholar just told me that there was so much trade between Spain and Ireland that uh, that they said, um, "What part of what part of Galway is Ireland in?" So that the other the other part of it is that in California and in ancient Ireland, you had men and women working side by side. Um, it was a real partnership. This is a California pioneer. I mean, she, there they are living in a mud hut and everything. Men and women worked side by side in very primitive conditions. So you wanted this partnership engendered a need for marital partnership, and that's what community property is. In fact, in ancient Irish law, it's, it's the law of pairs, the law of couples it talks about. It's a partnership. In California, is early in our code. You know what it says? It says community property is just like a corporate partnership. We're, we're together in this. Um, in fact, it even cites the corporation's code. So things like that. And um, there's one more. Anyway, okay. 
Thank you for listening to this Tudor and Stuart Ireland conference podcast. If you would like to access the archive of more than 140 podcasts from previous Tudor and Stuart Ireland conferences, please go to historyhub.ie forward slash podcasts. All podcasts are freely available on iTunes and on SoundCloud. For more information on the annual Tudor and Stuart Ireland Interdisciplinary Conference, visit the conference website at tudorstuartireland.com.